Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, powered by Insperity on SB Nation Radio. And online at SBNationLive.com. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, with Bill Harmon and the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, here's Brian Barrett. All right, good Saturday morning as we approach July, the last Charlie F. Golf Hour of June this year, getting ready for July. Charlie, how are you, my friend? You know, I'm wonderful. Having a great morning. Yeah. So, how about this uh, Tiger Woods fellow? You know, Tiger's, you know, continuing, showing great, great signs of, of his game is coming back that put himself in position uh to have a good weekend, it's going to be fun to see what happens. But uh, he had a great round of golf yesterday, um, so we just got to keep watching. Yeah, it is nice to see Tiger playing better because Thursday he did not play particularly well. Shot a 70, and then yesterday he comes out and he shoots that 65, putting much better. So a good sign for Tiger going forward. It just seems like so far this year, Charlie, he can't get everything going at once. One day the driver's given him an issue. One day the putter's given him an issue. And yesterday, it was really one of his best two rounds of the season. He's 42 years old. He is. And that happens. And and uh, he's going to overcome it. And he'll he'll get it all together at the right time. Uh, yesterday was what, – what's good in golf is when you play bad and shoot 70. Yeah, I know, right? See, his, his internal clock – keeps him going and he never never gets up and gives up and he knows he knows how to shoot 70 with his C game he and he knows how to win with his B game so it will just continue watching the comeback of uh, an incredible athlete Tiger Woods yeah so Tiger right now 500 at the Quicken Loans Invitational his tournament he is four strokes off the lead Brian Gay Bo Hostler and Ryan Armor all up there at nine under par. So we'll see what Tiger can do today. He tees off at about eleven thirty-five Eastern, twelve thirty, or excuse me, eleven thirty-five Central, twelve thirty-five Eastern time. All right, Bill Harmon's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. I'll tell you what, Charlie, Bill's had a busy week already. He's he's been caddying for Jay Haas at the U.S. Senior Open. Yes, and uh, something that he really loved that life of of caddy and his, and his friendship with Jay Haas. And this is an incredible. Uh, you know, reunion, you might say, and uh, they're in fourth place, playing well, and it's going to be fun to hear from uh, from Bill about the condition. This is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, powered by Insperity on SB Nation Radio, live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, with Bill Harmon and the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps. Here's Brian Barrett. All right, Charlie, well... It's already been a busy week for Bill Harmon, who's out there at the U.S. Senior Open. Jay Haas, caddying for him. Haas is playing well, one under par, four strokes off the lead. Bill, thanks for taking some time to join us this morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? 
Wonderful, Bill. You're having a great week. What's the big story up yeah, there? He's an amazing, uh, he's an amazing player, Jay. It's nearly 65 years old to be performing like this on a very, very difficult golf course. And, uh, I don't know. He never ceases to amaze me, but he's, uh, he's very good and he's still very competitive. So, uh, it's been really great to see him, uh, perform the way he's performed the last two days. And, uh, Obviously, it makes the weekend a lot more exciting and a lot more fun if you have a reason to be nervous. So uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this afternoon. But the bottom line, and Charlie, you know as a player, that the only thing that matters right now is to get to drive into fairway on the first hole and go from there. You cannot get ahead of yourself in these tournaments. Well, give us uh, uh, your impression of how the USGA has set this golf course up. And is it fair, and are the players uh, enjoying it? Well, they've set it up very difficult. The uh, rough is very sporty. Um, boy, if you drive in the rough, you got to really get lucky to get some kind of lie to reach any green, and you can get some of the worst lies you can imagine, even uh, one foot into the second cut. Um, you know, the, it's a, a little bit long in spots, I think, for a, a senior. Uh, the 17th hole is a 545-yard par 4. It's the longest par 4 in USGA history. You know, and for a senior tournament, that's interesting. I understand the altitude, and it's a little downhill, but still, I know the first day, Jay had a pretty good drive and had 270 to the hole. And so that's a little bit sporty. But having said that, uh, I would say, yes, they've set it up good. It's a golf course that is uh, a little bit awkward off the tees. There's quite a few kind of straight-looking drives. I think good players want the hole to tell them what to do, and they've got a lot of holes here where you've got to figure out what to do, which is good. Uh, greens, I don't know if you've played here, Charlie, are incredibly difficult to read. And uh, there's a mountain effect here that is beyond comprehension, really. And uh, you can have putts that are so fast you can't believe it, and putts that are so slow you can't believe it, and then putts that break up hills and things like that. So I think it's a wonderful venue for the for a national championship. And the back nine is about as difficult a nine as I've ever seen. So I think Sunday... Whoever wins this tournament is really, really going to have to step up and hit some marvelous golf shots under a lot of pressure. And I really believe anybody within five shots of the lead going to the back nine on Sunday has got a legitimate chance. Now, now Bill, we know one of the big things playing in, in Colorado, Colorado Springs, is the altitude. Now, as, as uh, you know, you're, you're involved with selecting clubs, how far does Jay hit his seven iron? Well, you know, it's interesting, Charlie. Uh, it's a very hilly course, and uh, it's our opinion that the altitude affects the ball more if you're a longer high ball hitter, and Jay is a shorter low ball hitter. So we might not play as much uh, as, as some of the other players. So, um, you know, the, the standard thing is 10%. Uh, we might do that on a downhill or a flat lie, but uh, uphill we adjusted quite a bit, actually. Uh, the key here, Charlie, is where do you miss it? Uh, we purposely missed it over four greens yesterday and short-sighted ourselves, knowing that we'd be chipping back into the wind uphill. And every one of those holes, 
one of our playing partners hit their ball on the green about 30 feet short of the hole, and they all three putted, and we, we got ours up and in. So where you miss the ball here is really critical, and it's a little bit like Augusta National in that regard. You know, you can sometimes have an easier chip at Augusta than you could a putt, but you have to know, know that. And uh, I got here Sunday, I walked the course, spent about seven hours on the course, and I I think I did a lot of good homework, and uh, so far we've made a lot of good decisions, but we've got two more days where we've got to keep making them. You know, one of the characters in golf over the last few years has been Miguel Angel Jimenez, and uh, I guess yesterday his round of golf was something else, and uh, he was asked if he was going to go practice after uh, his round of golf, and he says, no, I, th- I think I'll, I'll go get a little little, little food, a little food in, in uh uh, then I'll go take a little nap. <laughs> well, you definitely don't see as many guys uh, practicing after rounds here on the senior tour, and I don't blame them. I think you need to, you know, maintain your energy. Uh, but guys like Tom Kite are still out there beating balls, you know, for hour after hour. Everyone has their own comfort level, I guess, and effort level in golf. But uh, uh, this is a heck of a course, I'll tell you. I've really been impressed with this as a championship golf course, and I think the last time they had this tournament in 2008, only three guys broke par. We presently now have eight uh, under par, but I think four of them are one under. So I would imagine by the end of the week that that might be true, that only uh, three or four are still under par when the, uh, when the tournament is over. Excellent, excellent golf course. Got to drive it. You, as you know, Charlie, when you've got to drive it, good on every hole that puts a lot of pressure on the tee shots as the week wears on it really does well i i know that it's it's got kind of a different leaderboard right now with you know jerry kelly is a you know is an interesting player himself he's not very long he's he's just a a bulldog of of i enjoyed watching him play golf the times he was paired with cabrera over the years i mean this this guy had control of his golf ball but Davis Love the third, can he win? Well, you have to think so, but this is one of those courses. Now, listen, length is always an advantage, but here you've got to be accurate. And, you know, when you play a tight course, guys usually don't air it out off the tee. So uh, I think Davis, of all the guys on the leaderboard in the first 10, probably is the only real long hitter. I mean, you've got guys like Jay Goidos. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Kelly, Jimenez, guys like that are not thought of to be real bombers. So uh, I think this is a course where accuracy is the key. You've got to put the ball in the fairway and then put the ball in the right quadrant of the green to have a chance. So, yeah, Davis could win. Certainly he could win, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, You'd have to say he's the best, got the best uh, pedigree on the leaderboard. But he hasn't really played well as a champion's tour player. Yeah, David Tom's one over par. It's a pretty good-looking leaderboard, Bill. Do you guys know who you're paired up with yet? Yeah, we're playing with Paul Joydos today at uh, 119. And uh, looking forward to getting out there and scrapping and clawing and see what happens. And But regardless of what happens, I'm still so amazed at Jay at, at his age to perform the way he performs. Uh, it, it's really a marvel to watch a guy that uh, has maintained his... Uh, interest and integrity for the game like Jay has. So uh, obviously hoping for a good weekend, but once again, I don't think you can uh, literally think past the first tee shot on the first hole today. 
Well, if you, if you think about it, and you say he's almost 65, the success that he's had after 45 to 65 is is unbelievable. I mean, he, he had some great years at the twilight of his PGA Tour and then into, of course, what he's done on, on the Champions Tour. But uh, Jay was, you know, he made the Ryder Cup. He, he did all sorts of things in his 40s, correct? Yeah, and 40s and 50s and now 60s. So uh, he still knows how to play, Charlie, and he still has the desire. And he's got the fire in his belly. But he really knows how to play golf and think golf. And uh, he's wonderful to caddy for because I almost know what he's thinking. I know what he wants to do, but I also know that he knows what the right thing to do is. And uh, nine times out of ten, he'll choose the right thing to do. Bill, has there been a shot or two that stuck out to you so far with Jay's performance? Uh, yeah, you know, there were two of them. Yesterday, he hole a putt. We made the turn and one over par, which was good playing the back nine, and he he hit it off the back fringe on the first hole about 30 feet, and it looked like he couldn't stop the putt, and he made it. And then on the ninth hole of par five, he hit a, two beautiful shots just off the back fringe put a little cuppy lie in the rough, and he chipped that in for Eagle to finish. So maybe the shot on the last ball, I think, was a shot in the arm that uh, you know kind of got us back a little bit closer to the lead. So probably the Eagle finishing up last night about 7 o'clock probably was the one that tasted the best. <laughs> now, you you know, good old Rocco Media gave us some, uh, some words of wisdom to uh, talk about. Uh, he was criticizing the players, and you know, there's not many times that that is good for a player criticizing his fellow golfers. Uh, any 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 comments about what Rocco said about the USGA and about the guys I should think, just shut up I think and play? What he said, I think what he said is what a player needs to think. And when you get out there, you can't be thinking about all this negative stuff. Like he said, if you miss it 10 feet to the right, he goes in jail, miss it to the left, you know. And so uh, this course has a little bit of that, Charlie. This has a an element of not, you know, what we think might be fair in golf. Yeah. And so you just have to accept that and play the holes accordingly. And by and large, you you know, you get on every tee. I think if you're going to be successful this week, thinking about protecting a par on that hole, and if you get kind of a green light special yardage and shot, then you take advantage. But uh, you just have to figure out how to make pars here. And many times it's your putter that has to do it, putting from 30 or 40 feet. Yeah, and Rocco Mediate was addressing the players complaining at Shinnecock a couple of weeks ago. Here's the direct quote, Charlie and Bill. Truthfully, it's all been a bunch of BS. What I've heard, complete horse bleep. I'll say it again if you want me to. If you don't like how it's set up, A, hit better shots. B, don't come. Don't come. Someone will take your place. It's real, real simple. Now you're going to get mad at me. <laughs> I think he's right. Yeah, he's right. He's, he's exactly right. But um, well, that's great. You're having such a good week up at the Senior U.S. Open in Colorado Springs. And as you said, you know, the putting up there, you don't know if you're going uphill, downhill, side hill. Uh, are you using any special? I know, you know, you you've, you've spent a lot of yeah, time we're, up I, at we're, Castle we're Pines. Using one of those, we're using one of those green chart books. Charlie, are you? And uh, yeah, and I must say it's been pretty helpful. Uh, we look at it on every hole, 
uh, sometimes studied a little bit more than others, but there have been probably uh, six to eight putts that we may have changed our thinking because of this book. And so uh, we don't have the one that's got a big sheet. We just have a little book that's got a bunch of arrows on it, but it's quite precise and not that hard to understand. So, yeah, we've been using it, and I, I think it's been helpful. I, I hate to admit it as an old schooler that it's helpful, but it has been. Well, I know the Masters does not like those uh, green books uh, because of you know, it's you know that's kind of like using a laser and all this, but uh, they really help you, huh? I would say this week it's been very very helpful. It's the first time I've ever even seen one, more or less used one, and uh, you know we're not OD and on it, but we uh, I, I pretty much handed to him as we're walking up to the green. So when he gets there, he's looking at it. And I kind of double-checked myself, but, uh, you know, if they show them on TV today, which they for some reason never do, uh, somebody said they showed them one shot yesterday, but uh, you'll see him checking it out, you know, but I don't think he'll look at it like some of them do. But, uh, you know, Jay processes information very quickly. All right, well, that's Bill, who's caddying right now for Jay Haas. He's one under par. He's four strokes off the lead at the U.S. Senior Open. We'll continue to chat about that. And also Tiger Woods made a putter change this week. We'll get to that next. You're listening to the Charlie Epps Golf Hour right here on SB Nation Radio. This is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, powered by Insperity on SB Nation Radio. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, with Bill Harmon and the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, here's Brian Barrett. All right, and Bill's joining us live today from the Broadmoor, where he's there for the U.S. Senior Open along Jay, alongside Jay Haas, who's one under par for the tournament. Moving over to the PGA Tour, Tiger Woods, he's five under par right now. The Quicken Loans Invitational, he's four strokes off the lead, and Tiger made a big change this week, or at least a change. He changed up his putter. He had had the Scotty Cameron putter for 13 of his majors. Tiger, of course, had been struggling putting this season, but yesterday, Charlie, birdie putts of 25, 24, 19, and 16. He poured in 122 feet of putts overall after making just 49 feet total on Thursday. And heading into this, Tiger had ranked 89th on the PGA Tour in terms of putting strokes gained and 172nd in average putts in the first round, or in the fourth round, rather, which is 30. So what did you make of, first of all, Tiger decided to make a change with the putter and his performance yesterday? Well, I think change is good. I, I think, you know, in, in the history of the game, you know, Arnold Palmer probably had 200 sets of golf clubs that he played with, and he'd always changing because it wasn't his fault. It was the club's fault. And with the technology today and and the putters are so sophisticated, uh, a little, you know, different feel, a different loft uh, can go a long ways. And uh, Tiger took advantage of it uh in a fine fashion, Bill, and and putting is just so elusive that uh, you, you got to find it somewhere, and, and a lot of times you find a putter that you like and you go with it. Yeah, I think sometimes you just need a different look, you know. I mean, he's been putting quite poorly, you know, by his standards here. He's played pretty well, but uh, uh, the key nowadays is I don't think anybody can hit the ball well enough to overcome poor putting, and uh he knows that, and he knows that he's probably done enough things well with his long game the last six or eight tournaments to have had reasonable tournaments. But if you if you don't make putts, it's 
it's very hard. I, I you know, we played with Scott Hope the first two rounds. He missed a cut by a shot, shot one forty nine, and I'm not too sure he didn't play as well as Jay did. But he made a couple more mistakes, and he never made a putt. You know. And afterwards, I was thinking about it. He probably missed a dozen putts from four to eight feet in two days and missed a cut by a shot. Had he putted well, he would be in the top ten. And so here he goes, misses the cut, and he actually played well enough to be in the top ten. So I think it's kind of good for – and Tiger doesn't usually make big changes like this. He's never used a putter that even looks close to this. Has he, Tiger? No. Uh, No, he's stuck with that answer, uh, putt putter for for all his career so a big change and uh it's it's proven to, to could be one of the keys to to a win and uh and we know on the pga tour the secret to winning is you're going to have two or three weeks a year that you're just going to putt so much better and you get on a roll that that's who wins the tournament and uh it's a putting contest for the most part yeah, he said that he's going with the tailor-made Ardmore 3 model. He said, quote, it swings better. He also said yesterday that as the year has progressed, I think that I'm not that far away from putting, from putting it all together, I should say, where I can win. Do you agree with that, that he's close, Charlie? To oh, winning? sure, sure. I mean, I, it, that's 65 yesterday, and, and he's, his trending is is good. And, and we've always said after this long layoff and the – back problems is he needs reps he needs to play more and uh right now i don't know what his schedule is up you know leading up to the next uh, major the open championship but if he can get two or three more events in and uh, go over to the british open he's going to be one of the f- the favorites uh at carnoustie and uh so it's gonna it's, it makes golf uh very entertaining bill no doubt about it and i you know i've been saying uh, right from the start with this comeback of his, that I, I was in his camp. I would be encouraged, and I like the fact how irritated he was at that little press conference when he missed the cut at uh, at the Open. Uh, I thought he, I liked it. I could, you could feel the fire in his belly and the disappointment. And uh, you know, Tiger's got a pretty good history of coming back when people doubt him. So I'm not a doubter with him right now. I think he's. Uh, I think he's. By and large, had a heck of a comeback given where he's uh, been with his body. And uh, if he can learn to putt a little bit better, I expect to see him contend a lot more often. Yeah, and you look at the leaderboard here at the Quicken Loans Invitational. Bo Hostler up there. He's sitting there at 9 at a par. He's got a share of the lead. Charlie's only 23 years old. What impresses you about him? Well, I've known him since he's been 16 years old. He was helped uh, with his golf swing by one of the great golf pros, Jim Flick. And uh, his demeanor is—he's mature beyond his age. And and he played with uh, Uncle in the in a U.S. Open when he was like 18. And and his control of his golf ball, um, his swing is not a classic swing, but he the ball goes where he wants it to go. And he had a great collegiate career. Um, then started his professional career, and every every week he almost won here in Houston, Bill. Um, this kid's got it, and it is kind of hard to define, but he shoots a, a lot of low numbers. Yeah, and he seems to have a good demeanor out there. He, he just kind of has a – he looks like one of those guys who has good nerves, and I, I think some people are just gifted with good nerves, and he he looks like one of them. 
You know, he'd be kind of the opposite of the guy leading our tournament, Jerry Kelly, you know, who looks to be a little bit of a nervous Nelly on his putting stroke changes from hole to hole and stuff like that. But he's such a fighter and a grinder that he gets the job done. So, uh, uh, Hossler to me looks like he does have that it factor and he's put himself in position quite a few times now as a rookie on the tour. So that, that kind of tells you that one of these weeks he's going to break through. He's got a, you know, his swing is a little like Colin Montgomery long and, and loose. And, uh, he steps up and, and, and lets it go. So, uh, we'll see if he can hold on, um, this week in, in, um, where are they playing in, in Washington, DC? Yeah. The DC area. <laughs> it, you find it a little strange that one of the, in, in the Tiger Woods press conference, they, he was not complaining, but he was they're having a hard time getting a title sponsor for his event. And uh, we should talk a little about that. Yeah, and remember, that was a big issue, too, before the season even started with Tiger Woods. So we'll continue to talk about that with Tiger. Plus, Jim Furyk revealed some not-so-surprising news about the Ryder Cup this year. We'll get to that, too. You're listening to the Charlie Epps Golf Hour. We're right here on SB Nation Radio. This is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, powered by Insperity on SB Nation Radio. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios in Houston, with Bill Harmon and the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, here's Brian Barrett. All right, and Charlie, you were just alluding to this before we stepped away for a second, that Tiger Woods Tournament, the Quicken Loans National, is actually moving to Detroit next year, and it won't be associated with Tiger Woods' charity, and Tiger wants to keep a tournament in the D.C. area. He said this, quote, it's trying to get the sponsorship dollars and that kind of commitment going forward. It's been a more difficult challenge. And the other thing is they're looking at that tournament in Detroit, the Quicken Loans event next year. It's going to be June 27th through the 30th. So the question is going to be, is Tiger going to be able to find time on the schedule to find a time to put that tournament in D.C.? That's going to be the difficulty as well with the schedule that's coming out shortly here. Well, we saw what happened here in Houston um, and the PGA Tour. It's, it's an ongoing <clears throat> you know, schedule, so they, they, they've got to have certain things by certain times. And uh, if Tiger, it doesn't matter who Tiger is, if 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 it can't raise the money, they they've got to fill that that spot, and um, time will go on. And so, Bill, sometimes no matter who you are, those sponsorship dollars are try hard to come by, and that's a, a fifteen million dollar commitment for for three years minimum. So, uh, uh, Tiger could use his own uh, money to to sponsor the event, don't you think? Well, I think that's asking a lot of them in, in some regards. I mean, I don't think Arnold ever used his money or Jack used his money. Um, I think what, what you said at the start, you know, you look at the, the Houston Open that's been there for nearly 75 years, you know, struggling to keep a title sponsor. I do think it's interesting, though, that Tiger, you know, given his name and his brand, hasn't had somebody step up to the plate. Uh, I, I find that a little bit unusual, and I don't know why that is. You know, I don't know why that would be. Are his people difficult to deal with, or is he difficult to deal with? But you would think that if anybody was going to attach their name to 
somebody in golf, Tiger Woods would be the name. But uh, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised myself, Charlie, that he's struggling to find a title sponsor, and I I, I don't have the answer to why. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. You know, Nicholas had the same thing with his memorial tournament for a while. They, they, yes, they, he did. They, they couldn't quite settle on until Nationwide Insurance stepped up to the plate and uh, signed on to uh, uh, to sponsor the event. So, uh, you know, it, business is business, and it's sometimes very hard to get, get a, a company to commit to that much money. So, but, You know, speaking of business, I've spoken to a lot of people in the media this week, uh, you know, the, the USGA has just run the women's, the men's, and now the senior open. And I said to a couple of people in the media this week, can you believe the difference just in the buzz at the senior open? I said, I watched the women's open on TV, and it didn't look like there were 20 people in the gallery. And they said it was just awful. There was no energy at all. Uh, despite how good the players play, they said it felt like a, a pro-am almost out there. And... You kind of wonder why the USGA would have the ladies' senior open at Chicago Golf Club, their very first one, and the women's open at Shoal Creek. You'd think they would have wanted to switch those, wouldn't you, Charlie? <laughs> yes. I, I so cer- seriously. Yeah. yeah the, the, you- I, I guarantee we'll have uh, the, the galleries at the senior open will be 20 times bigger if they would tell the truth about the truth attendance 20 times bigger than the women's open the senior open well you, uh, that, that lady's tour has really got yeah. some problems i think yeah you can see that you know from from the television shows but then also the european tour you look at the european tour and you never see a, a gallery that that's very big anymore um and you know with the Ryder cup going to to paris and and some of the you know the 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 European pros saying they really don't care about the Ryder Cup, and you know that it, you know I, I it's going to be fun, not interesting to see how the Ryder Cup galleries turn out and see see really what happens. I, I'm, I'm a little afraid that something funny is going to happen there. Uh, speaking of the Ryder Cup, Charlie, so Jim Furyk was asked this week about the possibility with Tiger and Phil if they're both in the Ryder Cup about them playing together. He said, yeah, because it worked out so well the first time and kind of gave it a chuckle. Like, yeah, if they're both on the team, that's, that's essentially not happening. Because remember, back in 04, they were 0-2. A little sarcasm. You know, the other thing that, that and they said, and, and Jim Furyk said this, is that the old-timers, Phil and, and Tiger, if they get on the team, the team is the young guys. The team is Jordan Spieth, the uh, Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed. Well, Patrick Reed. So, will they take a back seat and and uh, let let those kids run it? Bill, do you see anything that or hear anything about that with Jay? Well, I I I, uh, I caddied for Jay in that Ryder Cup team, and I'll I'll be honest with you. I thought uh, I liked the pairing at the start of the week. Um, I would love to see him play again. To be honest with you, especially now as they've gotten older and they appear to be more friendly. I wish that they would play together. You know, Jack and Arnold were paired together. Jack and Watson were paired together. I think for some reason at that time in uh, in Detroit, uh, uh, you know, what happened if they would have won those two matches, one up instead of losing them? You know, everybody would have said it was a great pairing. But uh, you know, they didn't play well together, I guess. But it, I, I don't. I just don't think it has anything to do with who you play with. These 
these guys play every day by themselves, you know, and they don't, they don't blame themselves when, you know, geez, I didn't play well today because I was paired with myself, you know. So I think a little bit of that is overblown, to be honest with you. And I'd like to see him be paired again, personally. I think it'd be great. It would definitely be a crowd pleaser. People would enjoy that. And the other thing is, Bill, I remember Jordan Spieth a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about the Ryder Cup, and he said essentially the reason that him and Patrick Reed play so well together is because they want to beat each other. So even if you are a rival with somebody, it would appear that that would bring the best out of you. Yeah, I get that. And that's why I, I, I'm a little surprised that people made a big deal about it. I, I you know, Like I said, I wish they'd play again. Just think of what the interest would be if they were paired together again. Now that they appear to be friends and very friendly, you know, it might be a totally different thing. If I were the captain, I'd do it. I'd have the chops to do it. But uh, maybe they don't want to do it. But I, I, would, I don't know. If I were them, I'd want to play. It would be cool to whip some of these young guys. I think they they would do that. I mean, it's uh, it's a it's a exhibition of golf for entertainment for the people, and it's they're making all these super pairings and all the majors, and that's very popular. Uh, so over in in Paris, if you put put the you know Tiger and, and Phil together, I, I think it would be a a great PR move, and it would be fun for everybody there. Um, That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, some sad news in the golf world. Phil Rogers, five-time PGA Tour winner. He passed away this week. He was battling leukemia at the age of 80, won a NCAA title at Houston. Jack Nicklaus had this to say, Charlie, quote, we lost one of golf's greats, one of its most colorful individuals, and one of my dearest friends in Phil Rogers. Phil was an incredible guy, and, and he was an incredible player, and, and he could have beat Nicklaus four or five times in majors, the British Open, and and he Jack would always find some way to beat him. And the, in Jack's first tournament as a senior golfer in Phoenix, and I was there uh, on the last day of the tournament, the fourth round, he and Phil were paired together. And on the third hole, Jack had a 70-foot putt across this green that had two elephants buried in it. And he buried that 70-footer right in the middle of the hole. And I'm standing right next to Phil Rogers, and he just turns around. And he says, that son of a you-know-what. <laughs> How he does that to me every time, I'm getting so sick and tired of it. <laughs> and he walked to the next tee. But uh, Phil was a great teacher. He had a lot of great ideas on wedges. He made wedges, uh, Cobra. And uh, Bill, he was, he was a unique guy. Yeah, he was a very unique guy. I always thought that Phil was one of those guys that when you looked at him, there was something about you that didn't want to like him. I don't know why he kind of had a cocky, arrogant look. And, boy, when you met him, I found him to be wonderful. I, I thought he was a really, really good guy and uh, a marvelous player, marvelous teacher. And then we also lost Hubert Green, you know, uh, maybe one of the most underrated players of all time. Won over 20 times, won two majors, Charlie. Um uh, Missed that little short putt at the, the Masters in 78 to tie Gary. You know, what if he makes that and wins the playoff? Yeah. He'd have won, you know, three of the four of the Grand Slam as a very short hitter, I might add. So we lost a couple of really colorful characters and and also the great Peter Thompson, too. So we've, we've lost three, three of the games great here in the last couple of weeks. And he was one of the – Hubert Green – 
incredible hands player. I mean, and his putting stroke was unique. But uh, when he won his U.S. Open at Tulsa on the 16th hole, the last day of the tournament, they had to pull him aside and say, Phil, the FBI is reporting that there's a, been a death threat. Uh, do you want to continue playing? What what We just feel that we have to let you know this. And he kind of looked around. He says, no, let's go. And then he, he went on to win the tournament, which was, you know, that, that, that now that's pressure. I mean, three-foot putt, but she got some yo-yo in the, in the, in a tree going to, you know, shoot you. That That's pressure. So, uh, yeah, Hubie was a, a, an interesting character, and he and Fuzzy were, were great, you know, friends. And um, he, he got, you know, he battled cancer for the last 10 years uh, in a, quite remarkably. And uh, so, yeah, we lost a couple good ones. All right, when we come back, we will give you our tip of the week right here on the Charlie Epps Golf Hour on SB Nation Radio and in Houston on SportsMap 94.1. It's time for the tip of the week on the Charlie Epps Golf Hour. All right, Charlie. Well, the floor is yours, my friend. The floor is mine. I witnessed a couple of junior events this week, and... uh, the thing that I think I've got to teach people more, and including myself, is to enjoy the game more and just, you know, not have a happy-go-lucky attitude, but get out there and, 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 and have fun and relax. And I saw one of my juniors who, who really played well. He, he, he won the event. And I watched him from afar. I didn't even let him know I was there. I just wanted to see how he was going to warm up. And he had his girlfriend with him, and they, they were, you know, being nice to each other. And they go over to the, you know, hitting bay, and he had hit some balls, and he then he'd go over there, and he'd help her, and it, it was just so relaxing, Bill. And then I go out and watch him come in, and on the 16th hole, he she's pu- pushing the pull cart or the pull cart, or, you know, and he's kind of relaxed and and she's just kind of dancing down the you know the fairway and it was so relaxing it was a 560 yard par five and here this billy's six five and he hit driver six iron right in the middle of the green so the moral of the story is everybody relax have some good 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 vibes going out there don't and and if you're laughing tension free Humor relieves tension. So if you get in a bad mood, just think of the funniest joke somebody's ever told you and, and, and laugh your way to success. So that's my, for this summer, summer fun, relax and have fun. And, and if you hit a bad shot, laugh at yourself. So, Bill, what's your, th- what's your tip of the day? Well, that sounds good. Somehow I don't feel it's going to be that way on the first tee today. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you play a course like the Broadmoors, fun doesn't seem to come into it. But I think everybody has to find their own energy level and their own little space and their own emotional system to to perform. It's different for everybody. You know, Fuzzy was the happy-go-lucky guy, did very well, and then there were very intense guys. So I think everybody's different there. Uh, what I've learned this week uh, watching the senior players is you, you need to educate your hands and your arms on how to play golf. 
Uh, these senior players' bodies can't move nearly like they used to do when they were younger, but they're able to massage the ball with their hands and their arms. Uh, learn the relationship between your hands and the club face, and I think you'll be a much better player than focusing on your big muscles. Uh, these older players, as their bodies are broken down, can still get it done because they know how to use the club face in their hands. Yeah, Bill, don't tell Charlie that. Remember, he's back on the fitness thing now with Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson. Well, so. he's all, you know, and all of a sudden he's real pro Rory McElroy now. You know, he's <laughs> bashed him for 10 years on this show, and now all of a sudden he's turning into I Jack never Boy. said a word about Rory this today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Jordan today. He didn't say anything negative about Jordan today either in his putting. Hey, so, uh, Bill, what's the plan of action? You guys get out there in a couple hours from now, so what's the plan until then? Yeah, I'm just going to uh, relax, and uh, I'm going to pack up my, my bags. I'm going to Castle Pines tomorrow night. I've been doing some laundry this morning and uh, been to Starbucks, and I'll chill out, and I'll go pick up Jay around 11 o'clock, and uh, we'll cruise over to the course, and uh, we'll do our thing and see what uh, golf offers us today. I think we need to stay committed and stay resilient. Those are the two things that will be my mantra. Commit to every shot and be resilient, because you will have some tough moments on this course. Well, we'll be watching, and and no better guy that I'd rather see win the Senior U.S. Open than than Jay Haas and Bill Harmon. So, uh, well, it, I appreciate that. You know, we'll be watching. Fun to have you. A chance. you got it. All right, hey Bill, Thanks, best guys. of luck the rest of the weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's f- getting a mulligan to get out and do that. I know Bill is in his element, and he's such a great caddy. And I uh, wish him all the luck. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What we should have told him is if Jay Haas wants. If Jay Haas wins this weekend, he should shout out to Charlie Epps Golf Hour. Oh, he will. When he gets his trophy. Oh, yeah. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be nice. All right. All right. Thanks to Bobby Beats for producing this morning. Charlie, have yourself a great weekend, my friend. Have a great Saturday, everybody. Be safe and be well. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.